Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT and uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf, home of the Hogan Demo Program, No Risk or Obligation. Just check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Well, he's back with us and Gary's become one of my favorite guests over the years. just because we both have that same outlook on life. I'm not sure that's good for society, but it's it's good for us. Gary Van Sickle, he's going to give us a, his master's review today. How are you? I'm pretty good. Like a lot of people, I got sick after the master's on the way home. Yeah. A lot of everybody had, uh, everybody was sneezing down there with allergies and all those sneezes, I think, got me, so. My voice is a little hoarse, but uh, yeah, I know one or two, somebody went home and had had COVID, so uh, in the media room. So I don't know. A lot of stuff was going around. But you stopped and played nine holes on the way home. I noticed you you posted that. Yeah. Well, you know, you know the rule. If you pull into a course and the first hole's open, you got to go. Kind of have to play. Yeah. And. Uh, that's what I did. I don't even remember where I pulled over and played that. Oh, that was, uh, I pulled over North Carolina somewhere. Uh, right. It was like a club court property. Um, drawing a blank on the name. It, it was, it was pretty decent, but yeah, I'm just one of those guys. I can't help it. <laughs> it's all good. So in 4,000 words or less, uh, what was your impression overall? We'll get into some particulars, um, Tiger and Scheffler and those guys in a little bit. But what was your overall impression of the Masters this year? I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I thought it was captivating. It was compelling. It was close, even though it wasn't that close. But the whole Sunday with Scheffler, even though he had the lead, Cameron Smith was in there. He was, he just felt like something might, something was going to happen. And then yeah. eventually Smith did bring one at number 12. And even then you thought, well, Scheffler has on a master's before he's still got to get by some of these holes. I just, I, I, to me, it was once again, you're on the edge of your seat. I think that's kind of the way the master's usually is. So it, uh, the, the weather finally cleared off on Sunday. Um, I, you know, I I, th- I thought it was a pretty good one. Yeah, from um, 
sitting at home and watching it, I would say that I agree with you that, uh, you know, Scheffler had the lead. Smith was coming on. There were still a few guys early on the last round on Sunday that stood a chance. It was an outside chance, but they stood a chance to, to get in there. And of course they all kind of petered out and stuff as, uh, afternoon went on but i thought scheffler did a good job of holding up under quote unquote the master's pressure there he just kind of kept his head down and kept going he looked he was impressive the only look the big question after this is is he just on a hot streak with these four wins or is this how good he is and this is how he's going to play all the time yeah now, we kind of thought the same thing about John Rahm, who's kind of backpedaled, and a few other guys. But right now, you look at Scotty Scheffler, you're going, gee, I don't know if that's a hot streak. He doesn't have a weakness. He, he's long. He's pretty reasonably straight. Uh, he's great with his irons. His short game and his putting were as good as anybody, including Cameron Smith. I don't, you know, where's the weak spot? His only, his only flaw is... He likes his footwork, his left foot, he likes to spin out or roll his left foot over, uh, which had hurt him a couple of years ago when he first came on tour, and he kind of cleared that up. And then on Saturday, on the back nine, you saw him do that a couple of times and hit some errant shots. But he cleaned that up on Sunday, and I'm watching that. And to me, it's like, I know whenever a guy wins, he's playing his best, and you go, wow, this guy's never going to lose. And that's not how it works. But you watch Scheffler, and you just think, it's not like he had a lucky week with his irons. I mean, he looks like he's that good. And, you know, you have to like the part where afterwards he tells a story about Sunday morning. He was crying like a baby. He was overwhelmed by the enormity of the situation. And his wife kind of was like, who are you to, who are you to be overwhelmed? Who are you to think you can't win the masters, you know? They're very religious. And he said, it's, you're not in control. Let the Lord be in control and do this. And so he's got that, you know, I want to say it's a crutch, but it's a great psychological thing. I mean, you don't have to share his beliefs to respect his beliefs. And uh, for him to tell that story, I think, you know, I hope he's not too nice of a guy to be a dominant player, but if that's, I don't think that's a weakness, but if he's got a, a soft spot, he seems like a really nice down to earth guy, but I, I think that'll that'll work for him in the end. I I think he's number one for a while. Well, you know, Gary, if you look at his amateur record, um, and they did a couple pieces on this on CBS, but it, it looks a lot like Tiger Woods' record, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, he played in 110 events and won 90 of them or something like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this guy's the real deal. Um, it's a big leap always going out on tour. You know that. I've known that. We're watching this stuff for years. But overall, he seems to have handled it pretty reminiscent of uh, Tiger. You know, got out there and and took a few lumps and won a little bit, and then all of a sudden, here he is. And he I, maybe he figured it out. I don't know. But well, we'll he, see. Look, he's, he's, he's phenomenal with his short game just like Tiger was. And he was, he was great with the putter just yeah. like Tiger was. Yeah. Look, if you got those two things, I say the same about Cameron Smith, 
he's so good with the wedge and so good with the putter. He's like Jordan Spieth 2.0. If you got that, you, you can be in contention almost all the time. And then if you're going to hit your irons really well, the way Spieth did in 2015, you know, you're going to chase the Grand Slam. So, you know, nobody's talking about Scotty Scheffler in the Grand Slam yet, but, you know, right now he's, he's the only guy who can win it this year. Yeah. But I know, I know that's a, a, I'm not saying it, predicting that, but you're right. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have the headlines that Tiger's gotten as a young player, but, He's on the same track. It's kind of scary. Well, if he, you know, if he goes to U.S. or whatever and knocks another one out, he'll get those headlines, I think, because, you know, he is that good. I, I think he's that good. And, you know, a lot of old cynical guys like us say, yeah, that was a one-off, but, like, I'll go back to his amateur record. Like you say, he's been on a streak and all that. He could very well do it uh, in my book. And, you know, the you mentioned Jordan Spieth a minute ago. The problem, uh, you know, Spieth was hot, what, back in 2015, somewhere around there, 2015, I mean, and uh, in that time frame. And then he kind of fell apart and he went away and he comes back and he hits a lick. But to me, Jordan is still kind of, inconsistent but i didn't see that with scheffler that's just me but i i didn't see that with him yeah well spieth was like sevy he off the tee he didn't know where it's going yeah you know and i I think what happened to spieth was you know that great year he had he kept running into jason day who was playing his best golf and you may remember the the pga championship at whistling straits jason day is hitting shot tee shots 350 360 he's 40 yards Ahead of Spieth. Yep. And he winds up putting that PGA and then he ran into him at the BMW and he got, he kept getting paired with, with Day. And I think Spieth went and said, you know, I need to get a little more length. I'm, I'm longer than average, but I'm not long as all these other guys. And I think trying to, you know, it's the old story. He tried to get longer and messed up a swing. And that's really where he went downhill. Right. Um, and he's still not back. I mean, he's, He's he's playing a lot better, but now his his putter's off, and somehow a bunch of guys conspired to hand him the victory at Hilton Head uh, last weekend. So you got some guys who need to uh, need to get back in the ball there because they're, you know, where's John Rahm? He needs to get back in the game. Yep. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with uh, Gary Van Sickle right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in Portland, Golf News Net, KSEY in Texas. Uh, What's the other ones? Uh, Tulsa... Pennsylvania, some other places too. I don't know. You can follow us on Facebook and all the social media platforms. We're talking with uh, Gary Van Sickle today from currently from Morning Reed. How is that going, Morning Reed? Oh, it's good. We got a we've got an agreement with SI.com. So our our stories, uh, you can find them at SI.com under golf. So uh, yeah, 
Ironically, I'm sort of back working for Sports Illustrated again, which is where I was 20 years. Uh, but it's SI.com. It's not the same. And Sports Illustrated is kind of barely in business. I think they're down to about 10 or 11 issues per year. So it's it's a monthly. Uh, it's not, you know. It's not like it was. And newspapers are all kind of semi-dead. So that's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. How many... Um... Egg salad or pimento and cheese sandwiches. I've wanted to ask you that a bunch of times and I never did, but how many of those do you imbibe in when you're down there? You know, I ne- was never into the pimento cheese. Uh, I never got on that. My thing for the years was they used to have a fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. It was a piece of actual fried chicken with a little, I want to say, peppery, you know, slightly spicy breading. And they just put it on a bun and they put it out there and these ladies would make it all week and they were out there uh, and it's a long story, but the short version is you could only get it out in the golf course at like a certain stand down by 11. So I would go out there like 11, 1130 if I could and, and get a couple because that's the only place you can get them. They usually ran out by noon because they were so good. Uh, eventually they got more widespread. He didn't have to go chase them. And eventually they showed up in the media center. And I think when we moved and they built a new media center a few years ago, the masters redid everything they do. And somebody said, this is real chicken. Huh? I was like, yeah, it is. Well, you can't, it's not being refrigerated. You can't serve that. It's like, what? Yeah. That's an insurance liability. So that fried chicken sandwich is gone and they've got another one. Now it's like processed chicken. And you know, it's not like a piece of chicken on a bun. It's, yeah. it's not the same. It's just not the same. Now, there was a uh, chicken salad sandwich that Gary D'Amato, a buddy of mine, the writer from the Mo- in Milwaukee, uh, he said that's the best sandwich there. And he was actually tweeting how many how many he had. And I, <laughs> I said, I think you can go for Nicholas's mark of 18 majors. And I think he might have made it, but they went a couple of days. They like were out of them on like Friday and Saturday. So it, can, it thwarted his bid to get to 18. Well, maybe next year. Maybe next year, but I'm not a pimento cheese sandwich guy. Uh, there are a lot of payday bars lying around, and I might have had a couple of those. I'll, Maybe. I'll admit that, yeah. Come yeah, on. yeah. Well, <clears throat> I will give you this as being a cook. Pimento and cheese is not for everybody, uh, but usually when the Masters is on, I make a small batch of pimento and cheese because my wife won't eat it. She likes to watch the Masters, but she won't eat a pimento and cheese. Egg salad, chicken salad, all that stuff she'll eat. But I make enough so I can have two pimento and cheese sandwiches. And then I feel like I'm in Augusta there. You know, I put on a green hat like this one I've got today. and I just enjoy it. Well, you know, Augusta's got some crazy deal where you can go online and order uh, order a bunch of food to be delivered to your house during Master's Week. Yeah. And it's the same. It's like they're, it's, I call it a sloppy Joe, but it's like the barbecue they call it a barbecue sandwich, but sure. you can get that and macaroni and cheese. And you can probably, I assume you can probably get pimento and cheese. I've never looked into it because I'm usually down there, but you could, if you really want to experience the masters the way they do it for, you know, a somewhat reasonable fee, considering you can go online and order that, order that master's food and have a little party. Well, there you go. Does it, does it, come i maybe you don't know this does it come in the original like the green wrapper you know the wax paper type stuff it does they they comes in the wax paper they make it look authentic you know they 
they try to give you that feel. It's a, it's a great idea. Did you go to, um, or do you ever go up to the merch tent? Because, I mean, I think from what I've read, now I've not been there, as you know, but I think from what I've read, Gary, is you have to get a third mortgage on your place to buy, a, you know, an Augusta shirt or a, uh, there was one guy on Twitter the other day that bought a master's footstool. It was leather, brass tacks, had the Augusta National logo right in the middle of the stool. And he goes, I really, but he didn't say what he paid for it. But I'm pretty sure that came, you know, with a substantial amount of zeros behind the first digit. So um, do you ever get a chance to go up there? Or are you too busy? No, uh, usually some, usually one or two people remember that I'm going and they want me to get a pick up something for them. It's like, it's a, it's a nuisance, but yeah, you can't call it a merchandise tent. It, it basically, it's a huge building. It used to, it's basically in what was the press center before. Yeah. And it's a, it's like going into a store anywhere else. Now, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or, uh, we had two days, Tuesday and Wednesday were shortened because of rain and some, and never, not everybody got their shopping in, but I, so I stopped in Thursday morning thinking everybody's out in the golf course, which normally they would be. It was a war zone in there. It, you couldn't move. You couldn't do anything. There was an area where the t-shirts were, you couldn't even get in there. Uh, so I, I was, uh, I, my friend wanted a, a yellow shirt I, that didn't happen. Got him a white shirt. Got him a golf towel. Grabbed a couple, <clears throat> a couple hats. Two things I bought were <clears throat> there's a box of. Uh, I didn't even look at the prices because it was irrelevant. Yeah. Plus you'll be demoralized. The shirt was probably a hundred ninety five, a hundred dollars. Much, but it was just an awful. I got two boxes of note cards. There's masters note cards, and there's a box of eighteen. And uh, each one has the, the drawing of the flower that each hole is named after. They're really cool. Now, that box of 18 gift cards with the envelope is $48. So each card <laughs> is uh, two and a half, almost three bucks. Right. But you know what? You, get, you send somebody a card, they're like, from the masters, it's like, wow, it's a, this thing's amazing. So they're a great, when you really want to send somebody a cool thank you note, that's a good card to use. But I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And then the worst part is, you know, you don't want, you can't, you don't want to lug this stuff around. They brilliantly have set up right next to the shopping is a, a UPS shipping place. We're going to take another break here on Grilling It's Green. When we come back, Gary Van Sickle and I are going to talk about Tiger. Big story. We actually... We're texting back and forth about um, would he play or would he not play, and we're, we'll give you the answer to that in just a minute. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling It's Green. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef Way Nature Intended, Beef the Way Nature Intended, if I can say that right. Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. Also, real quickly, I want to tell you about a tournament that's coming up uh, June 20th here in Portland. It's the Refit Charity Tournament. Uh, 
uh, at Columbia Edgewater. And as most of you guys know, that's where they play the, uh, or they did play the Cambia, and, or you could call it the Safeway LPGA tournament. Anyway, on June 20th, and what Refit does is uh, they make it possible for folks to stay in their homes, uh, living with a little dignity and joyful knowledge that they're valued and supported by the community. They uh, work with professional volunteer contractors, and what they do is they make it easier for them that folks that are physically or financially challenged to get around their home. They widen doors, put in ramps, eliminate some barriers, um, this is for veterans and other folks with disabilities. So put that on your calendar, the Refit Charity Tournament here in Portland. You can go to their website, which is refitportland.org, and find out more. So we're talking with our buddy Gary Van Sickle today. Um, I remember I texted you and said, do you think he'll play? And you said, yeah, he thought he would probably play if something happened, if he could make it around. And I said, I wouldn't take the over and under on it. I would bet that he would play. And he did. I thought from a viewer at home that you knew he was hurting, especially by the end of each day. And it got progressively more noticeable as the tournament went on. But I didn't think he did that badly. You know, given the circumstances, everything he's been through, um, and I've, I've made it clear on the show that I'm a Tiger fan, especially back in his heyday when he was, you know, hitting 280-yard shots with a five iron and putting it four inches from the cup. But my point is, that just takes a lot of tenacity. If we weren't on the air, I'd use another word. But it takes a lot of tenacity, and he did it. So... What was it like when you were there? And did you go out and actually see him hit a few balls? Yeah, it was, look, it was, it was Tiger Mania 5.0. I mean, how many waves of Tiger Mania have we gone through, Jeff? This was another one. Yeah. And it's like every six, eight years. And now here's another age group of people who, oh, you know, I get a chance to see Tiger one more time. Uh, it was insane on the first teeth Thursday. You couldn't get anywhere near it. Uh, that, that's part of it, but, you know, I'd seen him, you know, he, he fooled me. I, I'm, you know, I agree that what he did was great. He did great com considering it. He did great showing up to even be able to play, uh, the way he was practicing. I was, I saw him on the putting green, I think on Monday afternoon or Tuesday, I forget which day now. And he's just dropping balls. He's doing this drill. He's just pouring these putts in one after another. And I swear he looked like he had a Sunday afternoon game face on, on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. So I, and he, and he came in and talked and he was, he sounded confident. I mean, he talked me into believing that he was actually going to play and do fairly well. Because I, I, I guarantee you, he thought he was going to play fairly well. And look, yeah. the first day he turned a 75 or 76 into a 71. And that's when you knew, uh-oh, this isn't going to be so good because that could have that was a lot closer to being a 78 than a 68. Right. And then the next day it kind of caught up with him. He quit making putts, but he got it around. He look, he made the cut. Uh so I I thought he was going to actually do better than he did score-wise. And I only because I guarantee you that's what Tiger thought. He had convinced me he talked a good game, and then his body just, you know, his body wouldn't hold up, and you could see. 
those scoring shots that you, you know, he normally pulls off. Yeah. He wasn't able to, I just think, cause he was rusty. You know, he, he, you know, I, he made some great putts the first day. And after that, the putter didn't look so great. And then fiscally hits his bad shots were worse. And um, yeah, it was a great performance and it was so compelling. Obviously C- CBS is still showing him on Sunday, even though he's not in the mix because everybody, everybody was interested. Yeah. Somehow after a one car accident in which it was his fault, obviously uh, he's, he's a heroic comeback story because he's tiger. So he, he was Scotty Scheffler was almost the undercard until really the back nine on Sunday. It was tiger, 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 because it was a hell of a story. Yeah, it was. Um, he did get, so, um, the first day, like you said, he putted fairly well after that. I mean, he burned the edges quite a few times, but just couldn't quite, uh, you know, put it in the bottom of the cup. And I thought part part of that was, and he, he referred to this in one of his press conferences that he can't get down low enough right now to really see he's, uh, I mean, um, I do that because I can't get that low anymore. And so you're, you're using your best judgment and you'll get it close. But in the old days, you know, he could really squat and look and really read it and i think he was just trying to do a lot of it from memory too i'm not sure but yeah uh, you know and they 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 tweak some of the greens too so they're not always the same i also thought uh peter costas tweeted the former cbs announcer he had a good comment he tweeted that tiger was in such pain with his one leg he noticed that his stance setup got different and he had some shaft lean Late, like the second or third round, and he thought that was Tiger's problem is he wasn't able to set up to the ball to putt the way he normally does because his leg was hurting, and that caused him to be misaligned, and he he missed some putts that way. And I thought that was a pretty yeah pretty uh, pretty good observation. Yeah, it was, and it was it was very noticeable on TV. You know, he would get in there and and. He was giving it the old college try, that's for sure, but he wasn't, I mean, how many times did we watch him from not just three feet, but 10 feet, 20 feet, 80 feet, whatever, just like a laser and just boom in there. And he wasn't near that anymore as far as with the, the you know, when you're in that much pain, I'll put it this way, you can't really focus on anything else. I mean, you're trying, but that pain is still there. It's not going away. And that's what flies into your mind, I think, more than anything. Well, it, it's amazing he's able to play golf, period, to con- to compete in a Masters 12 months later, 14 months later is right. pretty ridiculous. And I think the big question is, uh, you know, how much is he going to be able to play and is he going to contend in anything? Or, you know, <clears throat> nobody really brought this up, but, he might play a few more times or get get hurt. I mean, that could have been his last Masters. We don't know. Right. I mean, he may play a few more times this year and go, yeah, that's that's all I got. I, I'm just not good enough. I'm going to quit. So I, I hope that's not the case. But he doesn't even know if he's going to be play the uh, play the PGA at Southern Hills in May. I'm sure they'll hold up in that idea is the word Hills at Southern Hills. Yeah. 
that's not a flat course. Uh, Olymp- uh, the, the, the country club in Brookline isn't flat either. Uh, St. Andrews, he can't wait to go there. That's flat. Yeah. So he'll, he'll, he'll like that one. But, you know, the question is, did he come back, try to come back a little too soon? Or is this comeback not going to work? Because physically, you know, it's just never going to be there. You know, is his foot, is his leg going to be that much better a year from now? Or is this all he's, is this as good as he's going to get? So that's why I'm putting it out there that that could have been his last Masters. We don't know. Could have been. I know that he's one up on me. If he's taking ice baths, uh, I had to take those once in my life. I did not like that at all. (laughs) It was, um, if you gave me a choice of that or to be drugged behind a tractor, I think I would take the tractor because um, if you've ever actually. just, Just try stepping into a cold shower. Yeah. You know, you know how much guts it takes to step into a cold shower? I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only reason I had to take ice baths was when I was a kid because I had a really high fever. I think I had chicken pox or something. And they held me down in the water <laughs> twice uh, for an hour at a time. Uh, I was pretty little, so it was easy for my mom to do that. Not that anybody cares about that, but it's a miserable bitch sitting in a bathtub full of ice water. And he's doing it kind of, I don't want to say voluntarily, but he was doing it. And my hat's off to him for doing that. Because like you said, if, you know, if my shower temperature is below like 105 degrees, I'm like, too cold, too cold. Yeah, your problem with that ice bath was your mom kept trying to put your head under the water. That's true. That was that was the problem. Yeah, my dad caught her but and stopped it. But, you know, you go with uh, whatever there. We are going to take another break here on Curling at the Green with Gary Van Sickle. We're going to talk some more about the Masters when we come back. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Um, I want to jump into uh, Bruce Furman here really quick with his golf tip of the week, and Gary and I will be right up back on the other side. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms, and today's tip's going to be on how to hit a fairway bunker shot. When you're in a fairway bunker, you've got to learn to hit hit the ball or strike the ball first, and then either pick it off the, the top of the sand or, or at least strike the ball, then the sand. You don't want to hit it fat, because then you're not going to get very far. When you're in a greenside bunker, you want to hit it fat, or meaning hit behind the ball, but not in a fairway bunker. So what you want to do is to dig your feet in to get a secure grip with your feet, and then as deep as you dig your feet in, two inches, one inch, three inches, whatever it might be, you need to choke up on your club to match that, so that when you swing, you're not going to hit behind the ball. I would advise taking more club at least one more than what you normally would hit and and make a little smaller more controlled swing sometimes if you're able to to hit a fade or a a ball that curves to the right for a right-hander that's an easier shot to play out of a bunker than it is to hit a hit a draw or a hook you definitely want to choose a club that you can get over the lip with even if you hit the ball what we call thin meaning you just you catch it on the low part of the face because you don't want to hit that that, uh, that front edge of the bunker and, and leave your ball in the bunker. So, so use 
you know, don't be a hero if you if you need a, a nine iron to get out, even though it's an eight or seven to get there, go ahead and hit that shot. You, you, you probably can get that ball up and down or at least save some strokes if you get out of the bunker and you'll lose strokes if you hit that lift. So when you're in the bunker, if you, anything, you want to hit it again thin where you don't hit the sand behind it in a fairway bunker. And so choke up, dig your feet in, and pick that ball off the top of the sand. I hope that helps you. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. If you want more information about Bruce Furman, just go to Langdon Farms, click on um, Golf Instruction. He's the Director of Instruction there, and you can find out how you can get a lesson from Bruce if that you're so inclined. He'll also uh, answer your questions. Just send him an email or a text or on Facebook. He'll do that. We're talking with Gary Van Sickle. Morning Reed, Sports Illustrated fame. Another year at the Masters in the books. What was your biggest takeaway from Masters this year? Uh, well, I think, well, Scotty Scheffler looks like the man, but I, Cameron Smith was my pick, and I, he's going to win a Masters. And I just can't wait to see a guy put the, put the mullet over the green collar there. <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> That's going to be a cool look. Uh, that guy can get it up and down. Like I said, he's Jordan Spieth 2.0. Uh, he he mishit a mishit a shot at 12, which you can't do. I mean, that's the one shot. It's the most important shot on that golf course is the tee shot at 12. Because if you mess it up, you know, you can make any number. And he made a triple there, and that took him out of it. But I, I think Cameron Smith, I'm impressed. You know, we joke about his mullet, but he's – He's made himself into a brand and I recognizable brand because of it. And, you know, it goes along with, you know, he, he can grow a mullet, but he can't grow a mustache or a beard to save his life, but he got the mullet. So I, I think it's, I think it's a fun look for him. And uh, I think he's an enjoyable kid and he's dead serious, boy. He, he looks like, a, you know, the guy from the, you know, I don't know, the guy at the, in the shop in metal shop who, He's always pulling pranks on you in high school, but he's serious about golf and he he's he's fearless. Yeah, he is. I don't know if um I think you know, on twelve he was flag hunting and he was just short a couple of yards, but there's no room for error there. Yeah, he missed he missed the, he he mishit that shot. He I don't know if I don't know where he was aiming, but if he was aiming there, that was a mistake. But he 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 just he just missed that one. So, um, yeah, you never was Weisskopf's line. You never, never, never go at that flag on Sunday. And if he did, that was a mistake. And um, so he he learned. He's got his baptism. He'll be re he'll be ready next time. But again, he won the players. Here's a guy who just chips and puts his brains out like Spieth did. That well, travels anywhere. He's a threat to win any tournament anytime. Everybody stick around. Uh, we're going to do After Hours next with Gary Van Sickle, and uh, I'm going to ask him about some players that we did not see in sun on Sunday. So we'll be uh, doing that in just a second if you're streaming this. But, Gary, thank you, as always. Uh, it's always enlightening and fun to talk to you. Um, and I'm serious about that. So we'll be back next week with a – actually, Jeff Wallach will be with us uh, next week and talking about his new book coming out. So we'll be that. Uh, until then, take care. Go out and play some golf.
Rolling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.